0: Welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller with you. Glad to be here with Fred Dodson. Yes, we've got Fred back in the house. It's been over a year. Can you believe it? Well, we are going to catch up on that past year, which has been the P-pandemic past year, and get Fred's take on a number of things. We talk about COVID, but we also talk about One of the latest audiobooks that has been released called Essays of Reality Creation Book 5. These are accumulation books of the articles that Fred publishes through a year and then puts them into books. And it's great because you get a smattering of a lot of different things from only the perspective that Fred Dodson has. There are several chapters in Book 5 that are blow-you-away chapters. And also, as you'll hear in the interview, chapters where he talks about COVID. So if you wanted Fred's take on COVID, it's in here. We wander through a number of topics, including my own take on astrology. Fred turns the questioning around. So this is a fun interview. Great to catch up. Here is the author of the audiobooks that I have been privileged to narrate for the last almost eight years, Fred Dodson. It's been a year since we've talked to you, and uh, in between our last visit and this, we have had this pandemic on our hands. You wrote in Essays Book 5, I think three or four articles on COVID-19, so I think we could just refer people to that for those perspectives. But here was the one thing I wanted to ask you. This thing is so charged both ways. And I thought, should we even ask Fred about COVID? And I thought, you know, it's one of those things that if you say X, all the Y people don't like you. And if you say Y, all the X people don't like you. Yeah. And and why? (laughs) Exactly. That was my question. So here's this charge. Why don't
1: the Y like me? (laughs) Well, um, you know, the reason I wrote about it is because I figured I needed to have some commentary on current events i always talk universally there's nothing current so i thought okay i might as well add my uh take on it um so so my take was always uh skeptical of this whole thing yeah i'm i'm glad i actually took a stand on something because it's it's, i usually don't take a stand on anything do i
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, sometimes I think doing the work that we do, you need to stay in the middle. I was but this thinking-
1: is a, too much. That's why that's why I took a stand. It's a bit too much for me. Um, it's it's taking it too far. You know, you, you got this this virus uh, on the one hand, and you got a massive, massive, uh, way overblown reaction to it on the other hand. I, I can't. I'm not allowed to get in an airplane where I am. I'm not allowed to get in an airplane if I don't have a vaccine. That's um, like forced medication, forced. <laughs> I mean, what what kind of world do we live in? I don't. I don't have a problem with with vaccines. I have a problem with uh, governments going berserk. You know, and, and and in the country I live, I'm I, I can't travel since one year because if I come back. I'm gonna to have to spend half a month in quarantine, and the funny thing is, I tried to do that. I was like, okay, so I'll spend half a month in quarantine. You know, that's two weeks of my life, and I tried to do that, and I couldn't do it because they said all hotels are booked out for a year. So I'm I'm locked into the country. I'm locked into the country. It's I feel like I'm in uh, North Korea. You know. <laughs> Seriously, so 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 that's that's too much for me. That's why I started writing about it. That's uh, way way overdone. That's like a sudden dictatorship we find ourselves in, and I know it's similar in other countries. I mean, at least here I can go out to restaurants and uh, go out to the beach. I know people in other countries; they're not even allowed to go outside. There's curfews, you know. I, I have a lot of students in Germany. They're literally, they have curfews where they weren't allowed or still in some places aren't allowed to go outside. That that, that shocks me. And from a reality creation perspective, treating people as if they are sick makes them sick. So uh, I'm opposed on those grounds too. I'm a, I'm opposed to this whole thing on many grounds, but it includes the reality creation perspective. I'm not going to treat anybody like they're sick. In fact, if sick people come to me and they sometimes do, I treat them like they're healthy because that's going to influence them. I've seen it influence people. I've seen it make people healthy. I always see people as healthy. If I'm going to quarantine healthy people, I'm treating healthy people as sick, if I'm going to force vaccinate them, I'm treating healthy people as sick. So even from that viewpoint, it's just unacceptable to me. And it kind of reveals to me what kind of people we're being governed by. And that's great. Okay, I wasn't sure I thought, well, maybe these people are cool. Maybe our government is is cool, really good people, smart people, they know what they're doing. And this whole thing kind of revealed to me but maybe not. Maybe they're not cool.
0: <laughs> what about the vaccine? You wrote about it in Essays 5, but where are you with it now? Because the reality is the guy who used to travel the world for 25 years is locked on the ground unless you take a shot. Well,
1: uh, you have politicians saying it's not mandatory because we can't force Medicaid people on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you're not allowed to go into shops or travel if you're not vaccinated. So it is mandatory. They just find a, a way around the law. The law of most countries is not to force medicate people. So they find a way around it by saying, well, we're not going to force medicate you, but you're not allowed to do this or do that or do that. Um you know, I, I believe that if I get vaccinated from a reality creation standpoint, again, it's not going to harm me in any way. So I'm okay with, with vaccination. I'm okay with getting vaccinated. I'm not okay with the philosophy, with the, with the lack of choice. I'm, I'm not okay with forcing people to do things. I believe in choosing, as you know. I'm a strong advocate of choosing. But I'm curious, actually. You're asking
0: me these things. What's your uh,
1: viewpoint, if you
0: dare say? (laughs) I've tried to stay in the middle on it.
1: Of course, you do. (laughs) Look, that's good.
0: (laughs) Here's the thing this vaccination was created within about a 10 month period. And really, it started rolling out in December. COVID didn't hit until March. So, really, we're talking about eight months. And it's a new technology, messenger RNA vaccinations. So they literally go into your, the RNA is a spinoff from your DNA, and it it reprograms your RNA to recognize the virus. Now, I did an interview with a physician who used to be with the CDC, the Centers of Disease Control in the U.S., and he said that this vaccination was originally developed with the intention of attacking cancer cells. So they have a lot of high hopes, ultimately, for this messenger RNA technology. Okay, but it's not proven. And the very best medical science still can only speculate, and we are in a worldwide phase 3 trial. We don't know how this thing is going to impact people in 18 months and 3 years. So I'm not as keen on taking the uh, the, two, the messenger RNA, the Pfizer, and the Moderna. I have the ingredients list. I haven't had time to sit down and look at each ingredient to see what you're putting in your body. But I agree completely with you that the issue for me much more is not so much do you get the shot or do you not get the shot. It's that you're not going to be able to live the life that you've been accustomed to living if you don't traveling checking in in motels going to stores getting on airplanes standing in the passport line itself to get your passport cleared in the new country you're not going to be able to do all of that because you are going to be like a leper in biblical times oh you don't have a shot you go over there yeah yep
1: uh, it's it's a uh, it's nice to hear that you actually read through the ingredients
0: that's a, a, a conscious approach to it, actually. I like that. You go online, search it up. It's right there on an web, FDA website. You can get the list. It's on a PDF. You're just mm-hmm. things that you can't pronounce, so you have to look them up see what they are. And I think that's, again, it's, look, it's what we have. There, it's not like there's going to be option D around the corner. This is it. So we have to make these decisions. And, yes, the thing that concerns me Oh since we talked last i am a grandpa and it concerns me what kind of world my little grandbaby daughter lucy is going to grow up in is uh, this is this
1: congratulations, a, congratulations granddad
0: thank you thank you <laughs> what a joy and she is an incredible little girl as all granddaughters are but uh, what kind of world is she going to grow up in is it going to be a more authoritarian place in the next 20 years it's looking like the answer is yes it already is <laughs> Yeah. or maybe the answer is duh <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it is it, and it came so suddenly so unexpectedly it is it's become completely authoritarian um across large parts of the world yes it, it has already while we were sleeping so by speaking in the way we're speaking right now, and many other people talk this way too, we can uh, we're able to uh, reverse some of it, or you know, um, lessen some of it. So, so I believe in uh, you know, I, I believe in in standing up to it. I do, you know, I I talk about it in daily life, and I say, well, I don't agree with that, and I say so openly. And I think that's important. I think if uh, too many people stay quiet, uh, it's going to happen.
0: As you said, as we were sleeping. Yep. So this has been brewing. Authoritarianism doesn't just appear. Hitler's Germany didn't just appear overnight. Marxism didn't just snap into existence over the course of 90 days. Do you have you thought to go back and look at where this authoritarian mindset might have originated?
1: I think it's always been around. It always <laughs> rears its ugly head, and then we stop it back down, and then it comes, and then we assume um, it's it's done. And I think we get complacent. I think it comes. You ask me where it comes from. It comes from our complacency, and it's a wake up call we give to ourselves. Um, subconsciously if if you metaphysically speaking not politically speaking but metaphysically speaking it's a wake-up call we give to ourselves we get complacent and comfortable and we fall asleep you know and we're like uh whatever you know you guys decide yeah we trust you you guys decide and that's why i teach reality creation which is i decide i need to decide i need to take responsibility I need to be responsible for my reality and my life. And the opposite of that is uh, I don't need to decide anything. Somebody else is going to take care of it. And that's exactly where it gets us. Somebody else is taking care of it, but not in the way most of us want.
0: (laughs) That's for sure.
1: I Also, again, I'd be curious about your answer to this, to the same question. I, I know that's going to make the podcast longer, but I'm curious.
0: One of the things that we've talked about this, and I know your position on it, I got interested in astrology when I started changing my whole structure of life about 13 years ago now. But really, over the last three or four or three years, have I taken an interest in this. And, you know, even you quoted the Bible a lot in the levels of heaven and hell, and Psalm 19.1, a verse in the Old Testament, says The heavens declare the glory of God, and if you look at it from that perspective, I think we have been given clues, and one of the clues is that we are moving into this Aquarian age. Now, we could sit and talk a little bit about Aquarian, but I think you might know quite a bit about Aquarianism. Being Um, an Aquarius. Being an Aquarius. (laughs) So, if you think about what Aquarius means, it is freedom— it is. Don't tell me what to do is kind of the uh, the cookie cutter keyword for Aquarianism. For for an Aquarian is like don't tell me what to do. The, an Aquarian beats mm. to their own drum. Yep. Well, we could talk about a lot of other things. It's technological too. And now we've got this new vaccine that is this breaking, cutting edge technology. Aquarian. Well, they flip the coin over. Every coin has two sides, and the other side is the shadow side is. Authoritarianism, squashing the independence, And I think that's the battle that's going to be playing out over these next years. So that's my take. That's an interesting take. I think we're going to see both sides.
1: The the shadow side of Aquarianism, that's an interesting take. Yep. That's, That's the battle we're in all of a
0: sudden. All of a sudden. And it did. It slipped up on us. There was no announcement. And all of a sudden we're there. And actually, what triggered all of this, and again, going back to the signs in the sky, if we took the biblical story, the three wise men, which were actual, actually Persian astrologers, magi, came to the manger area and said, we've seen the star. We followed the sign in the sky. And in January of last year, two planets converged. They were right on top of each other in the sky, Saturn and Pluto. And if you trace Saturn and Pluto back in the sign of Capricorn where it happened this time, if we go all the way back to the 1200s, it happened in 1284, that was a portal between the Dark Ages and the Italian Renaissance. Oh, so interesting. The next time Saturn and Pluto came together in Capricorn was 1518, And this little rebel German monk by the name of Martin Luther stuck an email on the door of the church that said, dear Mr. Pope, we're not doing it this way anymore. And here are the points that were challenging you. Authoritarianism challenged. And that was the shift from the Roman Renaissance to the European Renaissance. And then you fast forward to the next time that Pluto was there, Saturn was over on the other side of the chart was 1770. 1776, that's when a bunch of British rebels dumped a bunch of tea in Boston Harbor and said, we're not paying your stupid taxes anymore. And from that was born America. So it's very significant as we trace it back. Only three times in the last thousand years that this has appeared. And so you have to ask, what is the shift? And I think the battle that's going to forge what's ahead is this tension this battle between authoritarianism and free will free choice china already has a document that you can look up on the internet it's china's world domination 2050 so china has put a line in the sand in a post online that says we want to dominate the world by 2050 and that would be much more restriction than we see today if they are successful
1: yeah we've already seen that uh China wanted to become the next superpower. And this whole thing has a kind of Chinese vibe to it, this whole COVID thing, because it was the Chinese that always uh, walked around in masks. Mm-hmm. You know, Right, yes. Uh, the virus itself is from China. So it, it's fitting. It's fitting that that's how they enter the stage of being the superpower in the world. Empires come and go i'm afraid <laughs> you know and it, um, it was empires decline and now a new empire which is china is is arising and the whole world is already already now influenced by it so it's as if we entered 2020 and and that was the emergence of of china i'm sure you have an astrological explanation for all this, which is very interesting, by the way. I never saw you as an astrologer. I now realize you are.
0: (laughs) It's been fascinating. I've spent a lot of time studying it. But yes, I think, in fact, as you were just saying that and we were threading this together, I was like, oh my gosh, Wikipedia 2150, looking back at this period, maybe this is that point where they talk about the pandemic And they talk about the wars and they talk about the famines and they talk about the economic changes to a new digital currency, which China is already implementing. Did you know that most of Bitcoin, most of the whole process of Bitcoin, in other words, creating it, holding the ones that already exist and this mining of it. So, in other words, if you buy or sell it, it has to go through a computer. All of that is Chinese technology controlled in China?
1: <laughs> I did not know that, Thomas. Bitcoin but was created
0: me. in the United States and it has literally been handed to China. I
1: did not know that, but it does not surprise me. Did you know that Zoom is uh, Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me go. that. We're on it. <laughs> yep. We're being listened to right now. Lock your doors Fine. tonight, Fred.
0: <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> well, it's serious. As, as you were saying that, what clicked with me is that just like in the 1200s, 1300s, things shifted basically to Rome and to Italy. 250 years later. There's a 250-year cycle, too. That's an interesting study. We, it takes us 250 years to screw something up because historians say that the Italian Renaissance still to this day was the best time to be on the planet. That was an amazing period. Hub of it, the, the New York City of the Italian Renaissance was Florence. And look at everything that came from that. And maybe what this is is a shift from the Euro American domination to Chinese. Wow. Yep. <laughs> <I'm> afraid so <laughs> let's Amazing, talk about huh? the audiobooks while we still can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. There was a missing chapter in Essays Version Five that needs to be in there. I think it needs to be written and recorded. <laughs> wow, we just did. So yeah, we, we we sure did. So these essays books are really cool. So you take all of your articles accumulated over about a year and you put them in a book. Now it's kind of to me like it's like um, Fred Dodson Twitter, right? It's Fred Dodson short because the essays are generally pretty quick. So you get your material, you get reality creation across a broad spectrum of topics. Some you might be interested in, some you might not, but it's a smorgasbord, usually about 40-something chapters, 40 different articles. I get a lot of really positive feedback. People like it. What kind of feedback do you get from the essay's books?
1: I don't really get much feedback on the essay's books. I get feedback on the proper books.
0: Interesting. Uh, Yeah. I've had people say, oh, I like those essays books. They like the concept.
1: I do get a lot of reads of the articles. I know they're liked. So that's why I keep writing them. You know, I enjoy them a lot and I know people enjoy them, but I don't get as much feedback on them as I get on, on the books.
0: When you sit down to write an article, what you do throughout the year? You release a lot of them over the course of weeks and months. And by the way, if people are not subscribed, you can just opt in. And this is the only thing you'll get is when Fred puts out material. It's realitycreation.org. But when you sit down to write an article, what triggers your inspiration? What inspires you to write about X topic?
1: Something my wife said over the weekend. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Interestingly, my my best ideas come over the weekend when I'm not working, when I'm relaxing, when I've let go of writing, let go of anything. That's when the best ideas come up. That's why it's uh, uh folly, it's a mistake to always work like many people do. Work, 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 work. The best ideas come for working when you're not working. And I got to say that uh my wife has a lot more a lot more input than people realize on that website. She'll say something brilliant. And I'll say, hold on a second. Let me write this down. And and she sometimes complains. She says, "Are all my conversations uh, just for the purpose of your? You exploit everything I say for your website. Can you just sit down and talk to me for a change without taking notes?" You know. <laughs> so it's really funny. <laughs> um, also, uh, things friends might talk about, things I I, I read somewhere somewhere might trigger it. But my, my intention is to try to write something I've not written before. There's a lot of repeat topics. Sometimes I improve on something. I expand on something I've written before. But I also try to find stuff that's not written anywhere or, or very rare because um, that's fun to me. Finding the rare stuff is, is fun, you know. And people and readers enjoy that too. They they want to read something they haven't written, already read elsewhere.
0: Different takes on things. Boy, is the platform for that probably the demand for that greatly accentuated now.
1: It is because all the media sounds the same pretty much. You know, it's so boring, really. And so it's easy. My job is easy. All I have to do is sound a little bit different than everybody else. And, and people go out, they parrot stuff, you know. And I just My goal is to just uh, provide a different take because there's a lot of smart people out there. I know there's a lot of smart people out there who are bored, just like me. So I'm talking to people who are bored by mainstream takes, who are bored by uh, boring takes. I I like fun. I like um, learning, you know, new stuff. And, And that's what I try to put into it. And sometimes I achieve that. I think I have about, in each essay's book, about five articles. There's about 40, but I have about five articles of which I think they're really, really good. (laughs) Well, let's talk
0: about one of the really, really good ones that I thought was really, really good is uh, chapter 32. It's a story about when you decided that you were not going to just accept the reality of a rainy, gloomy, wintry forecast When you and some friends were trying to play tennis and you used reality creation to change the weather.
1: That is one of the five articles I thought was really good. I'm glad we're on the same page.
0: Why don't we play it for everybody right now? Let's let them listen to some of the story of Fred's reality creation changing the weather. Can conscious intention change the weather? For the last four years, I have gone to play tennis every Monday and Friday morning. There are no indoor courts, so whenever it rains, tennis gets canceled. Especially in winter, there is a lot of rain, and tennis is sometimes rained out several weeks in a row. I used to take this for granted, as if there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. Even though I have been teaching reality creation for 30 years, it didn't occur to me that I might create another reality. Can you imagine that? I've been teaching it for decades and forgot to apply it. It was so beyond imagination for me, I didn't even consider it. Instead, attention was fixated on a weather app. The weather app would determine my Monday and Friday. I wouldn't determine my own reality. An app would. A meteorologist would. I mean, let's say realistic, right? I wouldn't be so megalomaniac to think that I could influence the weather. That's insane. Who do I think I am? Last fall and autumn, tennis cancellations started up again, and it frustrated me. I spend a lot of time on my laptop in coaching, and going outdoors for tennis was my favorite way to balance excessive screen time. I came across an article about indigenous people doing rain ceremony to influence the weather. That's when it occurred to me. All people across the world have done prayers and rituals to change the weather. It's a normal part of human history. They have always danced, prayed, and sang for rain or sun to help their farming. Why haven't I tried this? Don't I teach reality creation? But my mind responded. Isn't it selfish to use it on something as mundane as tennis? Am I using up hard-earned karma points? Shouldn't I use my manifesting power to heal the sick? Do I have a limited number of allotted manifestations I can use per year? (laughs) You see, even the reality creation coach can have a mind full of nonsense doubts. The universe, source, the angels... God, Spirit, Higher Self, or whatever you wish to call the creative and responsive field, wants human beings to rely on their spiritual power, and are more than eager to manifest. I remember the first time I used this. It was a Monday morning, and my app was predicting rain. The organizer wanted to call it off, but I texted that it will clear up with confidence and in defiance of the stupid weather app. Everyone showed up. After only 30 minutes of play, dark clouds appeared. Wind started blowing. One said, yeah, they predicted this. This looks bad. Time to pack it up. And then it started showering down hard. With full might of intention, I said, no, I would like it to clear up. I would like it to be perfectly clear. The sun is shining. By the power of the highest source of all universes, I intend for a clear sky. The sun is now shining. Thank you. Or something like that. It was with strongest, most sincere intent, done like there was no other option. What then happened I have never seen before. The group of tennis players, which were eleven people except me, were already leaving the courts because it had started to pour. While they were leaving, and before they had reached the clubhouse to dry off, the rain abruptly stopped, and the sun emerged brightly through the clouds. Under my breath, I whispered, Thank you, thank you, thank you. The group was confused. They saw me. I hadn't left the court. They had all left. I had stayed. Reality creation is to also physically embody one's intention. Had I returned to the clubhouse, it would have given the message that I don't believe. The group seemed confused. They all returned to the courts and started playing again. You know, as we've been talking about the COVID situation, I'm wondering with the technology that you or the technique that you just used to change the weather... Could we change this COVID situation the same way? <laughs> What's different about it? Well, I'll tell you something. Um, I've
1: been amazed at my how bad my weather app is. I've tried so many weather apps, and they're horrible. And I've discovered that, at least in the area I'm living, the predictions are mostly inaccurate. You know, it'll say uh, chances of rain, 0%, and it'll rain. It'll say chances of rain, 80%. It won't rain. And (laughs) I found that my intention so far, I haven't used it that much, but so far, you know, we always have this feeling, don't use these powers too much. It's weird. Where's that feeling come from? But uh, I haven't used it much. But so far, every time I've intended for better weather, I've had better weather. And I've always intended it for the purpose of tennis. That's the funny part. I've never intended it when when me and my wife want to go on vacation or something just for tennis. Um, can we use it for COVID? Absolutely. That's why I keep writing about taking a stand, standing your ground, staying firm in your knowledge and an awareness that this is not right, that you can't treat healthy people as if they were sick. It's not right to deprive people of choice. Okay. We 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 want to be healthy. Everybody wants to choose to be healthy. And if vaccines make us healthy, we will choose. Vaccines. And if you're going to force us, it makes it look suspicious, as if there's something else going on, it turns people paranoid. Okay, we will force you to take this really healthy thing. Well, if it's really healthy, you don't have to force me. And if you stay in that awareness, of course, this thing would end more quickly. It's just that not all that many people are, are on that page it was seen on, on a worldwide scale. I mean, I, I was at the um, at the mall yesterday and there was a long line of people in front of the entrance. I thought, what's going on there? And as I came closer, I said, I saw that the line was because people were scanning their contact tracing app. And I thought, Oh gosh, I don't even have a contact contact tracing app. What's wrong with me? You know, why am I, I feel like an odd man out. Okay. It never occurred to me to have a contact tracing app. And I still don't have one. I just went in, you know, and, and I, I I forefelt for not foresaw, but forefelt a situation where it's actually going to be mandatory for me to sign in uh, uh, and sign out everywhere I go. And I realized these were the last days where I could just slip into the shop without doing that. And that's uh, to maintain an awareness that that, that's not what we want. We want something else, okay? We want uh, freedom. If enough people maintain that, there's absolutely nothing they can do about it. The governments can do about it, okay? But it has to be a critical mass. And if it is a critical mass, you'll see things opening up again. You know, like like happened in Italy where, where all these restaurants, they just... Uh, they kept serving people, you know, and they said, uh, we can't, we can't go broke. We, we need to finance our families and communities. You know, we, we can't just close all our restaurants. You've already deprived us of, of all these tourists. Now you want to deprive us of doing any sort of business, uh, owning any sort of restaurant, you know, what's next. You, you deprive us of owning property. So, so they just, uh, Kept their restaurants open, and there was absolutely nothing the government could do about it because it was critical mass; it was too many people, and so that just disappeared. And the politicians pretended that was never their intention, and all is well. They, the rats, just go back into hiding. You know, the politicians just go back into hiding. So, of course, it's possible, and it's possible through consciousness and through maintaining calm and sovereignty as i walk through there people look at me you know and and they're they're like oh wait a minute there's somebody who's not doing this what's their problem but it makes them think you know they they might think critically of me but at least it makes them think they see an example that something else is possible and there's somebody else not participating in this and then they might think but he should participate in that but that's okay it gets them thinking you know or as if everyone were in line then there's no example of anything else. So a person needs to set an example of something else. I've set an example of perfect health. I've been healthy for the last 30 years or even more. I don't even remember, you see. I don't even remember the last time I was seriously sick. And I know the same will continue and there's not going to be a COVID issue. I might have already gotten it and didn't even know. You know, I might have actually gotten it and didn't even know. And that's the example I'm going to continue setting. The example that I'm not getting sick and I'm not afraid of getting sick. Even if I do get sick, I'm not afraid of it. Even if I do die, I'm not afraid of that either. That's the example I want to set. A fearless example, a loving example, a strong example, because I wish for people to be stronger and healthier and happier. That's my job. I'm a reality creation coach. So I don't want to go around thinking, oh, my God, things are getting really bad. And uh, uh, soon we're going to be, uh all be sick. And you know, I don't want to think that way. And I don't even want to think what we discussed earlier, that there's going to be a global government from run from China, oppressive authoritarian government. I don't want to think that way either, um, because... Even though that's a possibility, I'll entertain the possibility, but I'm not going to support that either, (laughs) even though it's right in my face. Okay. I'm going to continue living like 2019.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. There you go. I put one of your articles when you published it up on our Facebook page and some people reacted to it and some people dropped off of the page. They unsubscribed from the from our group, our podcast page. Yeah. If somebody has that much emotion attached to COVID-19 and everything else that's going on, how would you advise? Because obviously, from any perspective, having that much angst, it would be the same thing as if you brought up a political discussion. You could mention the word Trump, and you could mention the word Biden, and already the entire audience has reacted, <laughs> right? Right. Everybody yeah. listening has just reacted. So when you have that much reaction around current events, how do you advise people reframe that?
1: Well, I have uh, people, I have students who disagree with me on that. Fortunately, they disagree with me and they can still be students. Those are calm people, you know, intelligent people. Um, but there's so much charge out there right now. Uh, yeah um so how do i advise how would I deal with that charge
0: yeah yeah that charge to me is unhealthy
1: yeah well that's that's why I don't uh, write too much on this stuff because I don't want to pour
0: oil and what what do you call it pour hot oil over somebody's head basically yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so so how do i deal with that i don't know i um
0: well if somebody's all charged I, up even if somebody comes to you with coaching and they're all charged up about their spouse or their partner you know it's just the same thing I, I, it's just I, this I, I i
1: yeah i give them i i've i've been attacked for my views on on covid of course and i've also been unsubscribed from and i've even lost a a, a very uh good deal money deal you know they were like well we we can't you can't be publishing this. So we can't work with you anymore. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I try to just send them blessings and love, you know. That's okay. That's that's all right. I, I have this in coaching all the time. People who are anxious or angry, it's normal to me. Um, it's normal to me to have that. So I just give them space for that. The important part, Thomas, as you know, as most people know, is not becoming that way too so it's about my reaction it's not about other people's angst it's about my reaction to it can i give that space can i say okay i i understand your viewpoint i understand where you're coming from you know pandemic is something serious so we really want to make sure we're we're looking into it you know and looking into its effects i'm glad there's so many people working on it and I, I, I essentially give people that space, and, and they do disagree, you know. And I give them the space to disagree, and and that's good. That's something that uh, authoritarians wouldn't do. But since I'm not an authoritarian, I'm going to give people the space to have that opinion, you know, and to unsubscribe, <laughs> you know, be, because we're not authoritarian. So if you're being the freedom. I think the best answer to all of that is being the freedom and maintaining it, you know, and uh, also if you stay calm and give them the space, it'll, it'll actually make them think and question their, their viewpoint, by the way. It's all about how these things are communicated. If I communicate my skepticism of COVID in an angry tone as a conspiracy theorist, um, it's, it's not going to have a positive effect. I need to communicate it uh, as a calm person, a sane and rational person, not as an angry person or a fearful or a paranoid person. So it, it's the same as I've always been teaching, you know, whether you're in coaching or whether you're talking about COVID, can you do so in a sane manner that appreciates all viewpoints and understands where the viewpoints are coming from. You know, there's a reason people have viewpoints. You, you, you know how it works.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And without further ado, all of the books are available on Audible and iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, Fred. Thank you. And we will be back with his take on heaven and hell. That's going to be on the next podcast. In the meantime, enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening.